What's up, party people? Here we are, back again, another episode. It's Thursday. I mean, it's not Thursday for me, but wherever you're at uh, listening, it's probably Thursday, or maybe, you know, maybe it's late for you. I don't know. Maybe it's Friday. Maybe it's Monday, you know? Maybe, maybe it's not Thursday. Maybe you don't uh, listen immediately, and that's okay. I'm not going to hold it against you. Um, you're listening, and that's what I asked for. Uh, uh, do I ask for that? Yeah, I asked for that. I want listeners. Why not? You know, podcasting uh, is on here for a purpose of being listened to. So anyway, uh, new episode, and I wanted to, I wanted to talk about uh, a, a few things today, and um, you know, I think a lot of times, I think a lot of times, like, how do I word this? I've gotten this question so many times and in different environments. And, you know, some of them are like super fiery, like charismatic. Some of them are like non, um, non-Christian believers, you know, asking questions and like hearing things, finding out about things for the first time and being like, um, what is this? I've not heard of this. I'm not familiar with it. And others of it is like, you know, more conservative uh, believers who who maybe don't understand uh, gifts of the supernatural, don't have a grasp for the supernatural life, and, um, you know, they're curious, or maybe they're actually judgmental, but they're hiding it with curiosity. Um, or there's other people that are, uh, that are, they're in a charismatic flavor, you know, but like, if, if, if charismatic belief, if like, supernatural lifestyle and belief, uh, was an ice cream parlor, they're still working their way through vanilla bean. You know what I mean? Like they haven't discovered pistachio. They, they don't know about, you know, cappuccino. Like they don't know about carrot cake ice cream yet. They're still like, what ice cream's real? Let me try that vanilla. You know what I'm saying? And and no hate on the vanilla people. Like I get it, man. There's, there's something about vanilla. You know, I, I personally like, because since I don't eat dairy, you know, on the ice cream thread, like, uh, vanilla is never my choice. Cause I got to eat it with coconut milk and, you know, vanilla ice cream. That's like coconut milk. It might as well just be coconut flavored ice cream. So I try to go with like something a little bit more like exciting, like cookie dough or, you know, like fudge or anything Ben and Jerry's puts out. That's, uh, that's dairy free. I'm like, I'm all about it. You know, even if it's something that like pre pre being dairy free, I would have totally gone for like, I'm a peanut butter ice cream guy. Anything with peanut butter involved, I'm like, yeah, do it. But now that I'm like aware of like, oh, I actually can't eat peanut butter, can't eat ice cream. Like, oh, okay, yeah, um, I got to do like more creative stuff. You know, throw some caramel in there. Like, yeah, let's do some, let's do some sea salt in the ice cream. Why not? I don't know. So um, anyway, to get back to the point, um. I I feel like I get questions on like speaking in tongues and like first experiences often and, and, uh, from people of all different avenues. And so this, this, I wanted to be kind of like a practical episode and just share from my experience, like, a, how do you communicate with people, um, when you're experiencing something that, that they haven't, or they don't. And, and more so, how do you communicate with people? that are in a movement that's experiencing things, but they're not individually, right? So like, like the big one and the easiest one to start with is tongues, right? There are plenty, there are millions of people around the planet right now 
um, probably in this very moment, praying in tongues. And, and like me, I know I make it a habit. Um, it, it was something that at one point was a, like a decision, um, and a, uh, uh, a discipline, if you will, where I, I told myself I was working for Marriott hotels for a short season of life. And, you know, you're really busy for like half the time I worked front desk. And so like, you're really busy at certain points, like really busy, overwhelmingly busy. And then there's other moments, you know, right around like 11 AM where it's not check-in time yet. The housekeeping already knows what rooms they need to clean, what rooms they don't, you know, um, all the admin people are on their lunch break, so they're not asking you to, to make paperwork or to, to copy things, paste things, look up reservations. And it's not check-in time yet. Cause that's at three, you know? And so you have this downtime. And since I worked at a, a hotel, you know, we keep Bibles, we kept Bibles in every room. And so I, I took one of those little Gideon Bibles, you know, and I was like, okay, during the downtime, when I don't have anything else to do. I'm going to read a Psalm and, or multiple Psalms and I'm going to pray in tongues. And I eventually got to the point pretty early where I was like, you know what? I'm going to pray in tongues every moment that I am not talking to a, to a guest or to uh, uh, an employee, a, a coworker. I'm going to just all day long, I'm going to pray in tongues. And I'd already had the gift, right? I'd already already received the gift of tongues, the, the prayer language that, that God had given me, but I wanted to discipline myself to, to know like, okay, I'm going to pray in tongues. And, and so it's something that I've developed and grown in because, um, frankly, because of that discipline. And so even now, like I pray in tongues all the time and, and I've had wonderful friends in my life that, that, um, let me backtrack. Right. So so like to the point now where something crazy happens, right? Like where I used to get road rage, I will immediately, the thing that comes out of my mouth is, you know, like it, I go immediately to tongues, you know, and, and so much so that like I'll do it, I do it in public. I'll do it around people that, that don't know tongues and maybe they have no idea. They just think I'm being weird or strange or they're like, what, what sound was that? You know, and and I don't even think about it. Like I, there was a point where like that would happen. And I'd be like, did I just, did I just like scream in tongues for five seconds? And then I'd be like, I wonder what, what they're thinking. And now I'm like, I, I don't even, I don't even associate that anymore. Now I'm at the point where it's like, it just comes out. And then I'm like, if somebody asks, I'm like, oh, right. Yeah. Like uh, tongues, you know, I go to that. Like I used to cuss somebody out when they cut me off on the highway. Now I go, Oh, shiki da 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 basata. You know, like it's it, it's something that just developed because a I stewarded it, and b it's obviously the Lord's blessing it. But I did that because it's a prayer language, and our prayer language, you know, it, hopefully you have one, right? Hopefully you have your prayer language, and if you don't, then you know the second part of this is going to be for you this discussion that I'm having, and and I hope this is okay because this is different than storytelling. This is more of like this is more of a discussion and obviously it's a one-sided discussion because it's just me recording on the podcast and you're listening and, and hopefully you're like talking back to me in your car, or, you know, at the gym or like at least having thoughts of like, okay, this, that, and the other. But, but 
I want to discipline my prayer language because God gave it to me. And because when I pray in tongues, I'm praying what I know is the complete will of God, even if it goes against my mind and it goes against my thinking. Whereas in English, right, that's my first language, you know, or whatever other language, you know, maybe, you know, I've learned a little bit of Spanish. So like maybe I pray in Spanish, like, but I know what I'm saying. Right. And so there's this idea of like when I know what I'm saying and I know what I'm communicating, there's a, there can be a, a subtle temptation and and maybe temptation is not even the word because because the reality is like sometimes it just happens we're not even think we're not conscious of it right when we're saying something in the language that we know we are consciously praying things and even if we're praying god have your will our heart might be communicating something else right and, and we're like oh i need money but we're like, I don't want to be caught up in my finances. Lord, I, whatever your will is, maybe you want me to be poor. He doesn't, but you might think that way. You know, your, your theology might be messed up because some dude named Dave, Dave Ramsey told you that you're not supposed to invest your money and credit cards are evil and, you know, um, you're supposed to suck at life. And like, if you're a servant, you're not going to be rich. And Jesus told the rich people it's going to be harder for them to get to heaven once they're rich. So rich being rich is a sin. Wealth is a sin. Those people are evil. They probably did awful things to get, you know, really wealthy, right? So you pray around your your really, you know, terrible theology, um, and I have no problem calling that out, right? Like it, it, it's it's wickedness to to say that because obviously there's a lot of people in the Bible that are exceptionally wealthy, um, and love God, love Jesus. Um, the church, you know, would not look the way it does if people within the church didn't at some point uh, work hard and dream and a vision and partner with the Holy Spirit to make wealth uh, on the earth. And like, obviously God can do whatever he wants and and does. But um, at the same time, I think he actually wants you to be healthy and sustainable. And um, maybe he doesn't want you to be like the wealthiest human being on the planet. Um, but he did do that for Solomon, you know? So there's like this like weird, like um, it's possible thing. And so when it comes to tongues, it's like this, we have this temptation to pray what our theology tells us to pray. And that's my point is we pray into what we think we believe. And sometimes we don't even do that. Sometimes we're inauthentic. We're not authentic with our prayers. And so when I pray in tongues, I know I don't even know what I'm saying. I don't know what's coming out of my mouth. I don't, I don't know what that word is. I can't understand it. And that to me actually gives me peace, like beyond the Lord bringing me peace as I'm praying in tongues and the relationship between the two. It's actually this, this sense of peace of like, oh, wow, I actually get to pray into what God is, is giving me right now. And I don't, I don't know or have to know what I'm praying into. Like I, I can actually pray the perfect will of God without my mind, my theology, my understanding, um, do, having any involvement in what I am talking about. And so for me, it's like, oh, that has to be a discipline that I, I want to have and want to stay with and want to, uh, to build up even more in my own life. And, uh, and the caveat as well is like, so that's the importance, right? That's the importance of disciplining and like making sure you're praying in tongues. And there's, I know so many spirit-filled believers that, that that have the ability to pray in tongues and they don't make that a discipline. They don't do that. And, and man, I can't tell you what that has done to my life, the ability to pray in tongues and actually 
know that I'm praying exactly what God would want me to say in a moment, right? And and they don't utilize that. And I'm always like, why? Why don't you? And and what I was going to say earlier is that um, I think some people have such a sacred view of it um, and such a holiness mentality, which is good, right? Like we want to be good and holy and righteous and like all these things. But what you are, like if you follow Jesus, like he says you are, right? It's the whole like, like, you know, do we deserve salvation? Do, do we not? And like 99% of the Christian world would say we don't. And I would say you do. You actually deserve to be saved. Not because of you, though. Like you actually deserve your salvation because Jesus said that he would give it to you. Right. And so by his declaration comes the right to claim it. And, and so it's different than saying like, oh, I deserve it because I'm this, I'm this, I'm this. It's like, oh, I'm actually nothing but I still deserve salvation because he ordained it to be so, you know, you, you know what I mean? Hopefully you pick up on what I mean. And if you're offended by that, then great. I hope the religious mindset within you really questions that. And if I'm wrong, that's great too. Like then, you know, like we can, we can process that as a body and hopefully we'll come, we'll come together one day as a body that can actually, you know, work through conversations without judgment and be like, Oh, okay, well, that's an interesting point of view. I would like to think about that. And, and so I've had friends that have been like, they actually think it's, um, like disingenuous or I'm mocking the Holy spirit by, by like praying in tongues in a moment where I'm like, oh, a guy cuts me off. And instead of like cussing him out or saying nothing, which is you can do too, you know, like I could just ignore it and not say anything. But instead of that being my response, I go, oh, and I've had friends that are like, you're mocking the Holy Spirit. Because they have such this, this mentality that in, in their viewpoint, they have a high regard for tongues because it came from the Lord. And so they, they keep it away from them. They actually push against it because they're like, oh, I can't do such a holy act in such a simple moment. And, and I think that that, you know, if, if you're somebody that, that kind of leans towards that mentality of like, there's these sacred things of heaven that you actually can't partake in, in certain moments, I would really question that. I would really look at what you believe and, and, and question why, because God's not scared of questions. He's not scared of questions. The supernatural realm exists and and questions are a part of it. Mystery is a part of it. It's not wrong to have mis- mystery and questions and all this stuff and 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 but we think it is because we look at our world so black and white so often. And so um I would say first of all with tongues is like there is an importance to it. There's an importance to be disciplined in it. And there's an importance to try to make it a simple everyday aspect of your life. That is a supernatural thing that is very practical bringing into earth, right? That is literally bringing heaven down into your daily world and, and letting it infiltrate you. And then the, the other thing that, that I hear a lot is like, is people that, that are part of charismatic cultures, movements, ministries, um, whatever it may be that they, they don't have the the gift of tongues and, and they want to know a why or B, why is it important? And and I hope I just answered why it can be important and why it is important, at least in my life. But, um, but there becomes this, like, like this resentment towards God and, and why 
somebody may not have received the gift of tongues and what it is. And I want to say, first of all, I believe every human being upon receiving the Holy Spirit um, has access to the gift of tongues, has a a so-called right to to the language, to a language, um, a prayer language. And that's first and foremost. So there's nobody disqualified. There's no believer on earth that I believe God is like, okay, he gets to be, um, uh, he gets to get into the kingdom. Um, I'll, I'll let him uh, have 10 talents, but uh, definitely not giving that dude tongues. You know, that's going to be his struggle. That's going to be uh, the thorn in Paul's side for, for Kevin. Like Kevin doesn't get to pray in tongues and that's not, that's not real. Like that's not, that's not Jesus, you know, like that's not the supernatural ways of the kingdom. That's not how it works. We have the access. We have that ability that like, oh, you actually get the access. Once you have Jesus, you have access, you know? So it's like, first of all, you have access. The, where the, where the thing exists is we don't get to pick tongues and there's a lot of opinions on it. Um, and I've heard a lot and I've actually kind of like gone through, but, but at least from my own experience, I met Holy Spirit. I met Jesus. I have this amazing, uh, uh transient vision and, and days and days of just falling out in the spirit and hours of being in encounters and, and months of going in and out of visions and, and trances and, in this repeating cycle of the Lord encountering me and hearing the audible voice of God for months on end, every moment I'm awake and him waking me up in the middle of the night and all these amazing experiences. But I didn't get tongues knowingly until, you know, probably about a week after I encountered Holy Spirit, right? Which I know like could sound if you're a Christian that you've been a believer for a long time and you're like, but I haven't gotten tongues yet. And you're like, oh, he had to wait a week. I'm doing something wrong. That's that's not my point, right? Because to me, it was like the more significant aspect is, oh, it didn't come when I met Jesus. Right? Like I I didn't get I didn't get it in the same moment. It was something else. And so what happened was we were talking about tongues and, and I was trying to understand more about it. And and I had a friend over and uh, and my wonderful friend Chris was at my house just explaining like tongues and 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 teaching me a little bit about it, you know, and my first real encounter with tongues is at the prayer house, you know, Queen City House of Prayer. And, and so he, he's asking, he's telling me about it, telling me the importance of it, tell me why people pray in tongues, what it does, what, you know, what it sounds like, how these people have a language, it sounds kind of like Hebrew. And these people, when they pray, it sounds kind of Japanese, you know, you know, and all these different, like, just teachings. And, and he eventually asked me, like, do you want that? Do you want the gift of tongues? And I said, yes, you know, I want that. I want to have a prayer language with God. I want that. And, and so he began to pray over me in tongues, and he put his hands on my chest and just began to pray. And it wasn't immediate. It, it took several minutes of him praying over me and his hands on me and, and my faith level being like, okay, Lord, I want tongues. I want tongues. I'm crying out inter- internally for tongues. And it was as he prayed over me that I began to feel tangible fire. And, I, and you know, we overuse that word. You know, a lot of people feel hot and, and they think it's fire. That No, dude, I mean, this is fire. I'm feeling extreme heat radiating from my guts, from my stomach, just fire in my gut. And then it began to boil up 
all the way up into my throat, and then it got to my tongue, and out of nowhere, you know, like it just began to flow, and it just, it felt like it was like a waterfall turning on. It just would not stop. I just kept tongues, tongues, tongues coming out of me, and that's how I got tongues. I mean, literally, that's my experience. But I know other people that have had different experiences and they've gotten tongues differently or they met the Holy Spirit in a moment. They got saved, healed, delivered and tongues all in one moment. And the reality is there's a mystery to it. And, and I, I don't think there's a perfect answer for how it works, but I don't think it has anything to do with God's will and timing for people to not have it. You know, we make excuses for things we don't understand. And, and I think that's a disservice. And, and so often people that have been believers for a long time, they get discouraged and, and some, you know, some friend or pastor in their life comes along and tells them it's because of this. Oh, it's not the Lord's timing. Oh, you have sin in your life. Oh, you do this. Oh, oh this is wrong. Oh, you need, you didn't have somebody pray for you. Oh, you had somebody pray for you. That's not how you get tongues. Like we always have to have an explanation. And I think it's such a disservice to do that because the reality is we live in a mysterious kingdom with a mysterious God who we will never know all of the mysteries of heaven. Even in eternity, we will not know all the mysteries of heaven. And, and so we try to overanalyze and over explain these things that we, we will never fully understand. And even when we're in heaven, you know, which, you know, however long we're there, um, because, you know, in the end, there's a new heaven and a new earth and the saints of, of God will actually inherit the earth. So like, you know, we say all this time, like, well, we're going to go to heaven. Um, no, you're not. You know, if you go to heaven, you're only going to be there a short time um, before you, you get put on the new earth. So um, which is, is just a really fun thought uh, uh, for me. I always love it when people are saying like, oh, I can't wait to get to heaven. And I'm like, well, you're actually not going to be there. The Bible's pretty clear that you're not going to be in heaven. Um, uh, you're going to be on the new earth. But um, anyway, not, not, not the point. whole point being like after, after you're gone and you were entered into eternity and you're there forever, even then you'll be uncovering mysteries. Even then we'll be trying to understand aspects of God that we didn't get on earth. And even a million years into eternity, we're still going to be discovering things of God. And this is just one of those mysteries, you know, and maybe, and hopefully one of the mysteries that gets answered pretty quickly on, you know, not one of the ones we're digging around for a, a millennia about, but, but it is a mystery. And I, and I don't know how it works all the time. I've prayed for people and they've gotten the gift of tongues and I've prayed over people and they haven't gotten the gift of tongues. And I don't think it's the access. I don't think it's timing. I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know what initiates it in somebody's life. All I know is that I wanted it. I felt like I needed it. And I definitely had the faith for it. Beyond that, I have no clue. And, and there was prob there's probably some other aspect that I genuinely don't know about that's involved there. But I think it can be really easy to be the person that, that for some reason you don't have it and you don't think that you have access and you don't think all these things and you don't have tongues and you're like, man, why? And you get discouraged and you start, start to self-examine and, and self-explain and you come up with theology that, that maybe no other man has even taught you and the Bible definitely didn't teach you and the Holy Spirit one million percent didn't teach you. 
and and you build your life around these things and and there's a lot more than tongues that that happens right because when you're with god or just regular life nobody starts with a full tank of gas right like even when you're born you never start with a full tank of gas at best you start with like a half a tank of gas and that's emotionally that's that's you know Hopefully you're not worrying about finances when you're like a two-year-old, but, um, but you definitely don't have all the finances in the world when you're a two-year-old, you know? So, you, so that's like finances, emotions, like, uh, spiritually, like nobody's born with a, with a full tank of gas at best. You've got a half tank of gas, but a lot of us, especially adults, right? You're operating it at no gas and, and maybe may, or maybe there's a couple gallons, you know, like practically, maybe you live paycheck to paycheck, maybe, Maybe you're a pastor who feels like when he pours out on Sunday, he's got nothing left for his wife and kids when he goes home. You know, uh, maybe you're, uh, you know, maybe you're a, a veterinarian and and you don't own a dog or a cat at home because you spend so much time with dogs and cats at work, right? Like when you spend your tank and your tank is empty, that's when you start to explain. That's when you come up with theology. That's when you come up with ideas. And you try to comfort yourself with mentalities that maybe shouldn't exist. You know, when you're lonely, you eat, right? You get obese, you get fat because when you're lonely, you eat. When you're bored, you eat. You build this mentality of like, oh, well, I have nothing else to do. Might as well shove my face full of food. And you get fat. And this is the same way with everything else, right? Like when you, when you are feeling unfulfilled in your spiritual journey, you'll begin to get fat because you'll start feeding yourself junk spiritually. You'll become spiritually fat. Knowledge puffs up, right? And so you'll create knowledge, worldly knowledge, worldly wisdom that helps explain your situation, but actually has no relevance to the kingdom and has no fruit. No true, genuine, spirit-filled fruit in its belief. And and separately from, from tongues or even like resentment or, or um, you know, resentment for not having tongues or not understanding it or not having your questions answered, I think, I think that's true with a lot of things. I think it's true with a lot of things that we, we just, we want to have everything told to us. We want to have everything understood. And sometimes the best answer is, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I, I don't have tongues. I don't know why. I don't know why I want them. I want them. The Lord knows I want them. I want that gift, but for some reason I don't have it, you know? And, and, uh, it's not lack of effort. It's not that I'm lazy. It's not that I haven't asked. I don't know what it is and being okay with it. You have to be okay with the, I don't knows. You have to, you have to be the okay. Okay. With, I don't knows. I don't know this can suck sometimes. They can really suck. They can. And there's the truth to that, that, that it can be weighty. You know, I've heard a lot of, I don't knows in my life and specifically like emotionally, sometimes I don't knows can be, can be really, really hard things. You know, like, um, I've never had to walk through this, but like, you know, if you tell somebody I love you, what do you think? What do you think about me? You know, I don't know how you would do that organically. What a weird, what a weird question. If you're in the boat where you're like having to like 
tell your spouse or girlfriend or boyfriend, like, I love you. How do you feel about me? Uh, probably a red flag to begin with. But let's say for the for the hypothetical, go with me, that that is somehow a real human conversation. I love you. How do you feel about me? I don't know. That would be tough, man. That would be tough to hear. So tough. Because it's almost worse than a no. Almost worse than a no. No has a finality to it, right? Maybe it is worse than a no because there's that finality aspect. Yes and no, there's a finality. It's either true or false. But I don't know is a gray area. And we don't like the gray areas. That's true across the board, man. People, Christian, Muslim, uh, Jew, freaking Buddhist, like, man, nobody likes gray areas. Nobody likes them. They don't like them. They want answers. They want to know things. They want to be able to explain things because they're not comfortable with the I don't know. And you have to be. And if you want to be an influential believer, if you want to have a a good ministry on the earth, you've got to have some I don't knows that you're okay with, that you're comfortable with. If you want to lead your family well, you've got to have some I don't knows that you're comfortable with. Maybe you're not comfortable with the fact that the answer is I don't know, but you're at least comfortable that that's the answer. You get what I'm saying? You may not be comfortable with a yet with a, you might be more comfortable with a yes or no, but you have to be okay with an I don't know. And accept that sometimes we don't know everything. And when it comes to tongues, I don't know why some people have them, some people don't, but for some reason they don't. And, and we have to be okay with, we don't know why. We don't know why. And it has to be okay because at least the answer has to be okay. The problem might not be okay. I don't think it's okay that some people have been believers for 15, 20 years and they don't have a prayer language. I don't think that's okay. But I don't know the full picture. And I don't know everything. And I'm not the Lord. And I'm, I'm living on the earth in this, in this physical reality, this realm. Seated in heaven, but, but placed on the earth. And, and I'm not okay with people not praying in tongues. But I am okay with the reality that for some reason some people don't and so that's that's my answer to somebody that's like you're in a movement you're you're seeing people around you praying tongues maybe your parents do your your siblings your girlfriend your boyfriend whoever but for but you can't you can't seem to get there that would be my explanation i would also encourage you to try if you haven't if you're like that's me but then you're also like but i haven't tried you should give it a shot man the lord will fill your mouth with stuff he fills your mouth with stuff. And and so that's the answer. And to the skeptics, um, put it to the test, man. Put it to the test. Because it's testable. Prayer is testable. It's, it is measurable. And praying in tongues is measurable. So if you're like, ah, I don't, I don't buy into that stuff, man. Tongues died forever ago. Like all this, like the Bible's talking about tongues, like, like this guy speaks French, but he can understand Chinese all of a sudden in Mandarin, you know, like, oh, like this guy speaks Spanish, but for some reason he can understand German. That was what they meant in the in the Bible. I'm like, yeah, enjoy your, you know, your ESV garbage translation, you know. Um, sorry if like ESV, I know there's a lot of fans, but like it's the especially spiritless version. 
you know, um, they, they deliberately took out the Holy spirit from the Bible. And, um, and I'm not, I don't apologize for saying that because, because frankly, you know, it's true. Um, and, uh, pretty easy to, to find that information out. Um, used to love the ESV when I was Baptist, you know, and didn't know Jesus, but, um, but now that I know the Lord and I'm like, oh yeah, when, when you read, uh, even the message, you can find the Holy spirit in there. Um, and, and don't get me wrong. You can, you can, you can encounter the Lord reading an ESV. I'm being a little bit more harsh than I probably should be. I just, I really hate it. Of all the Bible translations, um, it's really difficult for me because there's, uh, Hebrew and in Greek, Hebrew more so wasn't just a language the way that English is. It was a experience. There was a numeric value to things. There was a sound to things. There was a deliberate way things were written and it wasn't all fact-based and, and it was, it was written poetically and written to give illustration to things. And, and the ESV, the ESV did a really, really good job of translating things factually. It's very type A, it's a type A Bible and it gets the facts there, but it leaves out the extra stuff that was there for a reason. And, um, and often I find that the Lord is not in the quote unquote facts. He's in the extra stuff. And so that's why I say, especially spiritless version. Um, but yeah, I'm being, I'm being harsh, uh, have, you know, if you read ESV, it, it is what it is. I think all my sisters, uh, love that Bible. So, um, you know, uh, they can enjoy it. I, I, I avoid it like the plague, but, um, <laughs> Give me a KJV, bro. I'll take a KJV over an ESV. Anyway, uh, that was a weird tangent, but uh, now you all know how passionate I am about my Bible translations um, and them uh, being literally uh, anything but um, the especially spiritless version. But um, beyond that, I hope I hope this is um, at the very least entertaining. You know, if this isn't your experience and you're like, oh yeah, none of that. Uh, relates to me, but um, I enjoyed the thoughts. You know, hopefully you just at least enjoyed these thoughts. And um, thanks for tuning in. Uh, next week's episode, I have a guest. I know you're like, what? I thought this was story time, soapbox time with Isaac. No, ladies and gentlemen, we have our next guest coming up next week, and uh, uh, it's going to be awesome. Woody Gotts, the man, the myth, the legend, uh, one of my absolute closest friends. Um, one of my best friends and, um, and by, by a million. Um, and, uh, he is the director of operations at Kabad International in, uh, in Belize, beautiful ministry that I have done a lot with, um, over the last, uh, year and a half. Um, and, uh, we've been friends for a while and, uh, we met in Reading, but, uh, but really solidified our, our friendship in, uh, in Alaska. And, um, have just had a beautiful, beautiful friendship since. So he's going to be on the podcast and I'm so excited. We're doing it in person and that's exciting because I get to be with my friend and um, I hope you tune in and, and listen to that. We've got some, we've got some fun stuff. He was telling me this wild, wild story today that I'm, oh man, I'm hoping he shares on the podcast, but we'll see. So, all right, y'all, I'm tuning out. Um, blessings on your week. What's up, party people? Thanks for listening to the Jesus is Supernatural podcast. 
This podcast was edited and produced by Nikeo Productions. To check out other shows by Nikeo, just search Nikeo Productions wherever you listen to podcasts.